Hello, this is Ian Harper welcoming you to Business of Weather podcast, produced in association with Asia Climate Forum, Asia's largest event dedicated to extreme weather and climate change, flooding and poor air quality. In each episode, we'll investigate the increasing impact of extreme weather and climate change on business and society, and look at how weather technology and climate information services can help address the growing challenges. We'll also spotlight the new opportunities for entrepreneurs and business startups seeking to develop the business potential of technology innovations to help those affected by extreme weather. If we are to do anything to help manage and mitigate the rapidly growing impacts of extreme weather and climate change, then cooperation is critical. In particular, cooperation between the many experts and organisations from the public, private and academic sectors engaged in weather forecasting and developing related technology products and services. Collectively known as the Weather Enterprise or the Global Weather Enterprise, These experts and organisations include universities and scientists, national meteorological services, manufacturers of technologies to acquire, process and communicate weather and related data, and the providers of information and forecasting services to all manner of weather-affected end-users. To promote public-private academic sector cooperation, the World Meteorological Organisation, or WMO, has created the Open Consultative Platform, or OCP for short. To find out more, Business of Weather interviewed Dimitar Ivanov, the WMO's Director of Public-Private Engagement, who is in charge of this new initiative. Welcome to the Business of Weather, Dimitar. Hello. Right, let's get straight in. Your website says the Open Consultative Platform, or OCP for short, will offer a mechanism for addressing collaboratively the grand challenges before the weather enterprise in an open, constructive and participatory way. First of all, can you tell me in your own words what the OCP is and what its objectives are? To give you a better idea, I will start with the adoption of the uh, Geneva Declaration 2019 uh, with, with the title Building Community for Weather, Climate and Water Action, uh, adoption by the WMO Congress last June. This was a high-level policy adopted by the 160 states attending the Congress. Uh, this declaration provides a statement uh, on the need for interdisciplinary uh, multi-stakeholder partnerships, and this is our response to the global societal challenges and risks. And this is part of the WMO response to the Global Sustainable Sustainable Development Agenda, Climate Accord, the Disaster Risk Reduction Efforts, uh, in which many international organizations cooperate closely. Uh, When you declare such an ambitious policy, you need a platform to talk with all stakeholders to be able to uh, build uh, mutual understanding and trust, and most importantly, to formulate some practical collaborative actions This is what the Open Consultative Platform is about. Uh, You already mentioned what is the main objective. Uh, The launch of this platform happened last July through a 
It was a truly remarkable gathering of more than 40 of the global leaders in our enterprise from all sectors, uh, all con uh, continents, from developed and developing countries. And the joint statement of this high-level roundtable is a kind of a manifesto of the OCP. Right, thanks for that. Now, who are the OCP's stakeholders? Is it open to WMO members only? Or is it open to anyone who is affected by or has a business or professional interest in the weather? Uh, th this question contains one general misconception when you say W members only. And I, I guess you mean the National Meteorological Services. Yes. This is, this is a common misconception about the WMO as organization as, uh, and its membership. Uh, namely that NMHSs, the National Meteorological Hydrological Services, are the members. And this is not true because WMO is composed by member states and territories. Uh, the same way as uh, United Nations itself and many of the other UN organizations. So we have 187 member states and six member territories. Uh, so to, to answer your question, you need first to understand that all stakeholders have representation in the WMO processes through their state's delegations. Uh, for example, um, a permanent representative of a state coming to a WMO decision-making body does not represent the meteorological service, the National Meteorological Service. He or she represents the state with all sectors included. For this reason, um, many delegations uh, have always, always included experts from the private sector, not to mention academia, which, which has a huge presence in the, in the WMO uh, works and activities. So back to your uh, initial question. Indeed, the idea of the OCP is an inclusive platform where everyone can come, ask questions and uh, participate in, in, in selected activities. Okay, now thanks for clarifying that. Now, how would you define the weather enterprise or the global weather enterprise as it is also known? I think uh, there are several ways to describe um, a community of practice um, and a community of expertise uh, and weather enterprise as a descriptive term gained uh, popularity during the last, uh, say, five years or so. Um, in the WMO policy framework uh, on public-private engagement, uh, we have a definition of uh, weather enterprise. It's, it's very broad definition. It's, it's a descriptive term, uh, which uh, says, in general, this is each and every one from individuals to the institutions, from all sectors that have something to do with the, with the provision of um, services across the value chain and the participation in the various part of the value chain. So this is a quite lengthy definition. We call it uh, weather enterprise, uh, but it's very clearly stated um, in this policy framework that this weather enterprise has uh, national, regional and global dimension. So when we talk about global weather enterprise, uh, it seems sometimes that we cover only one of these dimensions, but uh, in the more general understanding, it's, it's the same meaning as we put in, 
in this policy framework definition. Just one um, interesting fact, uh, um, WMO um, as a UN organization works in six languages. So there was some, um, some um, issues when uh, trying to translate the term weather enterprise in some of the other languages we work with, because there is a different notion of this term and in uh, like in French or Spanish, uh, enterprise has a very clear notion of something that's commercial. So in the in the Geneva Declaration that I mentioned earlier, uh, which is really talking about the global community, uh, which in other terms covers the, what we mean of the global weather enterprise, we by purpose we did not use the global weather enterprise term uh, because of this um, uh, ambiguity when translated in other languages. So. Uh, I think these are some um, some issues uh, in using this term, but uh, we have it uh, also in our uh, policy documents. It is uh, defined, even though this is quite open definition, and we use it. Now, moving on to what you describe as the grand challenges before the weather enterprise. Can you explain the nature of these challenges and also to what extent the challenges are about the relationships between the WMO on the one hand and, on the other hand, the public, private and academic sectors which make up the global weather enterprise? Yes, um, the challenges uh, which we call grand challenges are not isolated uh, from the global societal challenges and risks. Um, that's why uh, when we define our strategy um, as as organization, and in particular for the OCP and for the, um, the weather enterprise, we we look at the World Economic Forum um, global risk map, and it's very interesting to see that consistently over the last uh, three four uh, years or more, the risks related to extreme weather, climate change adaptation, water scarcity. Uh, are at the very top of the global risk map. So this puts enormous responsibility on the WMO as a UN agency on weather, water and climate and the whole community to provide an adequate response to those challenges. This is, these are the, these grand challenges. So we have uh, as WMO more than 30 programs addressing all aspects of meteorology, operational hydrology, climatology, environment, um, if you wish, also space weather and all related uh, technological and standardization issues. So there are numerous challenges, but these grand challenges are really selected from their um, strategic meaning and their strategic importance for for the whole community. And uh, they, they are formulated now in the OCP manifesto, as I said earlier. We focused on five of these challenges, uh, which are linked to the to the to the value chain and also to the development agenda. But uh, the second part of your question, I don't see any challenges related to relationship between WMO and, and, and the sectors. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the um, WMO being uh, intergovernmental organizations and uh, all sectors represented uh, by default, but some issues do exist mostly at, on, um, at national level where either because of the lack of proper 
legal or regulatory framework in the countries or lack of understanding. There might be some issues and frictions between, um, in particular, between the public sector, let's say national meteorological services and uh, some of the private service providers. So these are issues that we try to address and resolve. Right. Now, let's have a look at how the OCP fits into the broader WMO picture. To what extent will the OCP help shape, inform and influence WMO policy? For example, WMO policy about access to weather data generated by the private sector, or possibly WMO policies related to cooperation with commercial weather companies? Yes, um, the WMO policies um, in general are shaped by the societal needs and by the priorities set up by the, the governments of the member states. Uh, and we, of course, um, from our um, knowledge of the current landscape, we, we see many new challenges and uh, new, um, uh, new, new strategies that are needed to address these challenges. So OCP is the platform that you provide this collaborative um, working between the um, sectors to inform these um, government decisions. Like, uh, as you mentioned, data, data issues, they are always coming up in our discussions between the sectors. So uh, there is a big change in the, in the in the data landscape, in the data coming to, to support uh, the value chain. So uh, not only data from the private sector, but also data from the public sector. And WMO is the organization that sets up some global policies, in particular for the uh, so-called free and unrestricted exchange of essential data. This is what supports the whole enterprise. But the challenge is now how to uh, use in an optimal way and uh, really uh, improve the uptake of data from private sector, this is something that uh, OCP uh, will definitely discuss together with uh, with the other stakeholders and partners, because this is um, possibly the biggest potential to have great improvements in, in everything we do in, in the coming year, years. WMO has already started um, a review um, and update of the famous resolution 40 which is uh, like 25 years old now and the related resolutions 25 and 60 which uh, cover the hydrological and climatological data so we have a task from the congress last year to review and update data policies and this should be done and will be done in a very very um, open way and close co cooperation with uh, stakeholders from all sectors but in general the main element of the policy, we strongly encourage more open and free exchange, international exchange of meteorological, hydrological and uh, climatological data. So if we look at the cooperation uh, with the commercial uh, weather companies, this is again uh, uh, one of the questions we try to address uh, through the OCP. And uh, we have a very good working arrangements and long term a partnership with the private sector through uh, its organizations and associations like uh, HMEI, uh, like um, PRIMAT, uh, the um, IABM, the um, Broadcast Meteorology. We have very good relationship and uh, uh, working arrangement with all these 
formation formations in the private sector. In the aviation, we have also a lot to do with with IATA as representative of airlines. So uh, we, we we continue this work with the private sector through uh, through its uh, associations and through its um, internal organization. But sometimes it is difficult to hear a consolidated voice of private sector. And let's not forget that there are also some competition, some friction within the, each of the sectors. So that's why we need the OCP, the open platform where people uh, can come and can talk and can try to find solutions to these problems because they affect the, the performance of uh, all stakeholders. Now then, we can all think of situations where the private sector is better than the public sector at certain tasks, and also where the public sector is the best. For example, the private sector may be better at meeting the weather data needs of the energy sector, while the public sector may be better at providing flood alerts. Will the OCP consider such issues as who does what best when it comes to particular weather-related tasks or challenges? Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, one of the challenges, grand challenges we, we see and uh, what came out of the high-level roundtable was the um, how we can better um, define roles and responsibilities uh, within, the, within the enterprise. Um, so um, how to respond to the, to the demand uh, for services uh, through adequate supplier services and how in the next decade the enterprise will provide environment intelligence driving decision making. This, this is one of our five grand challenges. Uh, I absolutely agree with you. Private sector, uh, both sectors, they have their roles uh, and uh, their um, areas of uh, certain advantages. And there is no prescription from, from WMO how these uh, services and uh, operations are provided at the national level. This is always left to uh, national uh, regulation, legislation, and national arrangements. That's why the national um, enterprise and uh, national platforms are extremely important to be to be uh, promoted in the countries where people can work directly one to one with with the different providers and also with the user community. Uh, private sector has already taken long ago the the media. Uh, I think uh, more than 90% uh, on a global scale of the uh, media services, which is very important public weather service, uh, is provided through through private sector. So you mentioned energy, but there are other sectors where private sector also have uh, uh, quite profound uh, participation in the service delivery, which, which includes uh, aviation, uh, tourism, uh, road transport, uh, so many areas. Uh, there is one particular um, area where WMO has uh, stand and uh, and a strong uh, uh, international uh, recommendation, and this is concerning the provision of warning services. These are services related to the um, safety of life and property, and uh, we do have WMO um, prescriptions that uh, there should be an authoritative voice because these services are provided as part of a national disaster management system. So there should be no ambiguity or no wrong signals in a crisis situation. And we do see uh, a major role for the uh, public 
national meteorological services to continue to be the provision of warning services. And of course, the basic infrastructure, which is kind of a natural monopoly funded by the public sector, will most likely stay in the, in the responsibilities and portfolio of the public services. Okay, thank you. Now, my understanding is that the weather enterprise has to grow significantly if it is to build the capacity needed to help mitigate the increasing impacts of extreme weather and climate change. What role does the OCP envisage playing when it comes to encouraging the growth, development and capacity of the weather enterprise? The expectations of, uh, of growth um, for, the, for the whole enterprise, uh, I believe this, this should be addressed in a more specific way. Um, there is a general growth of demand. We, 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 we know that uh, for data and services, uh, but there will be various processes in the enterprise to meet these this demands. And uh, there are also the huge demands stemming from the global agenda, uh, the global challenges I mentioned earlier. Um, there is also a need to understand better and even describe better the weather market so the whole market for meteorological, climatological, uh, hydrological services, uh, related um, information services. And um, there are specific sectors where the demands are already growing, like, for example, insurance sector, energy sector. Um, and there are cross-cutting areas where we also work as WMO, uh, for example, health services, where we, we cooperate with the uh, World Health Organization to define um, uh, the innovative health services. This is a multidisciplinary task. We work also with FAO with, uh, uh, concerning the agrometeorological services. So the demand is clear, but how this will be um, addressed, definitely there is a need for, for growth, uh, but in we need to be more specific in, in which areas, what type of growth is expected and how the sectors will fit into this picture. We need to um, talk, when we talk about the growth of the enterprise, we need to um, engage economists, uh, people from, from, uh, from the area of um, economy of markets, and to have uh, much more analytical work to understand the, the whole dynamics and this is another area where uh, OCP will work. This is also mentioned in the Geneva Declaration that we have to work with the economics community to, to understand better the, the whole um, issues related to, to growth and market. Right now, now just moving on, aside from those reasons we've already considered, are there any other reasons why the OCP was set up? For example, to respond to any perceived problems with the weather enterprise which the WMO feels need to be addressed. I'm thinking here of issues such as those about access to weather data or possibly the provision of public forecasting and warning services by commercial companies. Um, I think the if you look back in the last five years at least, we, we have our four-year cycle of, um, of congresses in, in WMO um, the OCP uh, comes as a part of a uh, logical sequence of uh, if actions. Uh, this could be traced back to the Congress that we had in 2015, 
where the task came to to work uh, on providing guidance to member states on what happens in the um, in the in, in in the enterprise, uh, improved guidance on the relationship between the sectors. So we've been doing this uh, for the last five years in a, in a kind kind of escalating manner. Uh, there have been uh, ish, uh, events organized uh, and uh, during the Executive Council of WMO. And we've been cooperating closely with, with the World Bank and other partners all, all this uh, time. So when the time came to uh, realize the need for high-level policy, uh, and this is the Geneva Declaration, uh, which is the really a very important moment in, in, in WMO um, history, uh, there is also a clear need to establish a platform to, uh, to make this policy um, recommendations and uh, statements a reality. So this is how the OCP uh, came into being. Uh, of course, we may talk about some perception issues uh, over the last five years. Again, uh, we had a very intensive um, dialogue over these last five years where uh, the, the sectors came together in many different um, events, and uh, you were one of the organizers of these events uh, in Asia, like uh, through Intermediation, where uh, with, in cooperation with the World Bank and other partners, we had these dialogues, and we, we, we know that there are some different views and opinions, but uh, this dialogue was extremely useful to try to understand better and to build more trust and to resolve some of, uh, some, uh, some of these uh, uh, perception issues. So I think this is an ongoing process. OCP and uh, Global Weather Enterprise Forum are two different two forums that will be very, very instrumental working in close cooperation to resolve su such uh, perception issues and uh, if they in, in places where they, they still exist. But if we look at the landscape now, we can find in many, many countries already that there is a very well established uh, positioning of the sectors in the enterprise at, at national or regional level, and the commercial companies are fully, fully integrated in this enterprise, understood as very important providers of information and services. Right, now, thanks for that. Um, now, in recent years, the role of the private sector in providing weather data and weather services has grown enormously. In some areas, the private sector may actually be competing with the public sector, a situation which could create some friction and confusion. What opportunities do you see for the OCP in helping encourage a relationship between the public and private sectors, which is more cooperative and collaborative and perhaps less competitive? Um, I may come again to a reference to, to the Geneva Declaration when where all this... Um, uh, promoting of the collaborative and uh, cooperative relationships in the um, in the enterprise are there and uh, avoid avoid uh, competition non-productive competitions. Some competition is, of course, always good and part of the driving force for improvement of, of the of the services across the enterprise. But there is a special provision in the Geneva Declaration stating that the advising states to have such legislation and legal frameworks 
that actually prevent anti-competitive behavior uh, by the various stakeholders. So we, we definitely uh, not only welcome the, the, the growth and the growing role of the private sector in the uh, provision of uh, information and services, but we also realize that it's, it's unavoidable to achieve the goals, including those in the, in the WMO strategic plan, without the participation of the private sector. The public budget has been uh, an issue. Uh, public budget supporting the basic infrastructure and the operations of the national meteorological services. It's been shrinking or, or there have been a lot of pressure all over these years. And uh, of course, there, we cannot expect a big growth of the public sector uh, support in the coming years. So there is the big question of finding the right balance, which is mostly at national level with, 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 the, um, with the good support from the global guidance from WMO and, and other partner organizations to find the balance how the optimum should be uh, provided and uh, how the people will receive the best possible services, regardless which, se which sector is providing these services. This is part of our policy framework, by the way, we adopted the principle, which is a UN principle, people first. So we have to think about the end users and the people in particular, when you talk about those services related to saving life and property. People first means we have to find the best possible service, regardless of which sector is providing it. And it should be done at national level through appropriate legal and regulatory framework. Now, generally speaking, few countries have legislation in place which defines the responsibilities of their national meteorological services or the role of the private sector weather service providers. As such, is there a good opportunity here for the OCP to work with national weather services and the private sector weather service providers to help to clearly define and clarify their roles and responsibilities? Uh, absolutely. Uh, this is uh, one of these challenges uh, that um, were already identified by the by the OCP, um, how to um, provide the, the necessary legal frameworks that will make uh, the weather enterprise realize uh, its full potential. Um, in fact, many countries already have some sort of legislation that defines uh, at least the designation of a national agency, um, its role, its portfolio of services, and uh, the funding by the public budget, which provides the, the basics for the, for the whole um, enterprise activities. Um, but we have one difficulty uh, in many countries uh, when talk, talking about the legal frameworks. There is this not very clear definition at national level of who is the regulator. Apart from the aviation, where for the aeronautical meteorological services, there is a requirement both from WMO and from the International Civil Aviation uh, Organization, ICAO, that each country has to designate meteorological authority. And in fact, this, is, this has been done in, in all countries. So we know that this authority is the responsible um, entity for the provision of this particular type of services in the country. But for, for, for other services, this is not the case. And we have great variety of national um, legal frameworks and arrangements for the 
provision of meteorological services. So the one uh, task that we've started already is to have a very good analytical um, exercise on the existing um, legal arrangements and to identify the good national practices to be promoted, to also um, assist um, member states with, uh, with, with, who are lacking such uh, legal arrangements. And this is one area, by the way, where we've been working uh, in good cooperation with the uh, World Bank uh, for, for their um, development assistance projects uh, in, in, in the least developed countries. There are some very good examples of legal frameworks. I would mention, for instance, Japan, where the roles are very well defined. There is a, there is a good um, um, description of uh, the individual roles, responsibilities of the sectors. And there is also a system of, um, of licensing for provision of services, which also ensures quality. And finally, there is a very good national platform where the business and the public sector come together and discuss uh, all the issues that, that they consider need to be resolved. So such practices need to be promoted in, 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 in all countries. Now, my final question. The World Bank, which is a key role in promoting the application of weather data, has helped set up the Global Weather Enterprise Forum. This claims to bring together public, private and academic organisations with the aim of providing weather information services to save lives, protect infrastructure and enhance economic output. Looking ahead, how do you see the relationship developing between the OCP and the WMO and the Global Weather Enterprise Forum? Don't you both share? Don't you all share a lot of common ground? Yeah, indeed. Uh, and WMO and the World Bank uh, have a long-lasting partnership. Uh, this was also demonstrated in the work done through the uh, Global Weather Enterprise Forum. Uh, we continue coordinating plans and activities between the WMO, OCP, and the GWE Forum, uh, and try to optimize the respective. Um, plans, uh, we, we need to leverage uh, our resources, they are, they are limited on both sides. So uh, it's important in this regard uh, for each organi organization to act in accordance with its um, mandate and responsibilities, because we are accountable to our members and uh, stakeholders. And uh, I think we have now a good understanding uh, between uh, OCP and the uh, GWD Forum, that they should be complementary mechanisms driven by common goals. And we, we have these common goals well defined. Uh, we, we discussed this um, at the forum meeting uh, in January in Boston uh, during the AMS uh, annual meeting. And there was a very good general agreement that the complementary roles uh, assumed that the OCP uh, being a WMO mechanism will be focusing on the strategic issues for the member states and uh, for the enterprise as a whole. These issues, strategic issues, which require government decisions by the state's governments. Uh, that means uh, uh, these are issues dealt with by the WMO Congress and the Executive Council, and the OCP can help in formulating opinions and uh, recommendations for, for uh, informed decision-making by, by, by these bodies. One such thing is, for example, the data policy, and which, is, which um, 
is uh, defined uh, by WMO, approved by Congress, um, and um, is of concern of all stakeholders, of course. Also, the, all the work WMO has been doing on the global standards and the global uh, regulatory um, material. So, on the other hand, I think the World Bank format uh, uh, has a very, very strong role um, uh, to play in finding pragmatic solutions for the advancement of the enterprise and um, practical realization of the high-level policies. Uh, in particular, of course, the bank has this huge role uh, to play in, um, in the, if, if we talk about realizing uh, one of the main strategic objectives uh, called no one left behind, which means capacity de development uh, for the less developed countries. Um, there is a lot to be done in improving the development assistance models to ensure sustainability. This is uh, one of the um, things that we've been discussing, and it, it was very well stressed in the outcomes of the GW forum uh, meetings uh, so far. Um, so uh, I think uh, we, WMO and the World Bank, uh, other development agencies and, and the industry, we all have one um, huge common responsibility, um, which is to, to sustain the, the global infrastructure and um, uh, because this global infrastructure is, is the basic uh, uh, element of, of our, the whole system of systems of the enterprise. And this will still require sus substantial public funding to ensure um, uh, that uh, the basic systems needed for the provision of global public good are, are sound and, and, and are advancing with the science and technology advancement. Well, that concludes today's interview. Dimitar Ivanov, Director of Public-Private Engagement at the World Meteorological Organization, thank you very much. Uh, my pleasure, and thank you again. You're listening to Business of Weather, produced in association with Asia Climate Forum, Asia's largest event dedicated to addressing climate change, flooding, and poor air quality.